Welcome into episode 49 of the Pegasus podcast presented by Night Sports Now. I am Bailey Adams and I'm joined as always by Christian Simmons. You can find us on Twitter at BaileyJAdams22 at Simmons, and go ahead and throw us a follow at Night Sports Now while you're there. Well, we have our uh, our bowl announcement from um, on, from Sunday, UCS Bowl. Uh, they'll be playing the Gasparilla Bowl, as was widely reported ahead of time. They'll be playing Florida. We got that big matchup. Uh, Christian and I will get there. Um, but, of course, this is our first uh, podcast since last week. And, of course, if you're listening to this, you, you definitely know by now the devastating news um, that o- Otis Anderson uh, died last week in a shooting. And it just it shook the entire UCF community and, and on a wider sense, the larger football community. I know I've seen, like – people from from all over the country and even obviously in the nfl the rams um who he briefly was on the i think was on the practice squad briefly um they had a sticker on their helmet for him on sunday and just seeing a lot of um outpouring of support for for his family and of course they had the night walk on saturday um with some former players and and fans and it's uh it's been a tough week christian and and i think we're we're not going to try we're gonna try not to dwell too much on like the the sad part of it we're gonna try to like make this into like a huge sad thing we would more want to celebrate um his legacy and the incredible moments that he gave to to ucf fans and and to football fans yeah and i mean i i we talked a little bit about last week if i wanted if we wanted to post the podcast because we recorded monday night and i usually post either late the night we record early the morning and then i hadn't posted yet that night and then that morning the news came out which was obviously not a fun day, really awful. And I think we we set it on, we just, we published it and I just didn't publicize it anywhere. We didn't tweet about it or anything. And so this is our first time we've really gotten to address it. I sent a tweet out and I didn't really want to do more than that. I, I, you know, yeah. I mean, Otis was obviously a fan favorite and he was a really, really great guy. Um, it sucks. You know, this stuff sucks. I, I, and it's just it like that, that, I don't know what else to say about it almost beyond that. And like you said, Bailey, I mean, we don't really want to get into how sad it is and more just celebrating Otis and who he was both on and off the field for UCF. I mean, I mean, he was a huge, I mean, honestly, like you have Mackenzie Milton, obviously who's like on his own pedestal, but from the last few years, even the last decade of UCF football, I mean, he, I mean, people loved him. He was a huge part of the 25 game win streak. I I mean, he just, you know, he, he was a big part of UCF for a really long time and it's, it sucks that this happened. It really does. And I know you can see you've, you've probably seen people like in the just in the aftermath and everything and people's support just talking about how great of a guy Otis was and people like who knew him off the field and even fans who got anytime anyone got to interact with him off the field it sounds like it was a positive thing and even when you know when we interviewed him and stuff he was always like honest transparent fun guy to talk to um he was always a really see, fun interview he was a guy where yeah. in your other whether it was me you know press conference setting or just media access whenever you knew you were getting him it was like this could be good you know yeah. I mean he would he was a really not, fun guy. Not every player is like that. Um, that no, they are not. So definitely, um, definitely one of our favorites to talk to. But yeah, I mean, I got so I ended up going through you know his time and remembering some of his his bigger performances, bigger moments uh, during his UCF career, and came up with a list of ten. And there was probably even more, but these are ten of the bigger ones that came to mind. And and as I was as as I was going back, so we're gonna run through these and just remember him and and celebrate him, um, you know, the best that we can. Um, and it starts, it starts with this one. And I know we've kind of, you guessed at like which ones I have on this list. Um, UCF and Navy in 2017. UCF, that was a, a closer game than, than I think some people remember. Navy got within 24 to 21 in the fourth quarter and UCF eventually sealed the game. I think everybody remembers the Bam Moore forced fumble 
Otis Anderson scored a 10-yard touchdown to make it 31-21 and give UCF some breathing room. Um, and that would not be the last the last bit of breathing room he gave them in a close game that season. Because um, obviously the one that a lot of people have talked about in the last week or so is um, his touchdown catch against USF in the War on I-4 2017 game. The, the screen call against the for that game is burned into my brain. For, I mean, the screen against the Blitz, yeah. the perfect play. Otis Anderson may have sealed the deal for UCF. Uh, turns out then, you know. He uh, did. <laughs> turns out he didn't. But, man, what a moment. That was like, God, that was such a moment. That You know, that was definitely a and standout moment from that game. It's funny, though, because instead instead of – like, it's it's still, like, an insane moment. And But instead of being like, oh, the game-sealing touchdown, that's what did it. That all, that all that did was, like, start the ridiculous sequence of events that was, like, the next five That minutes. was the moment where the game went off the rails. Like, yeah. that happened, and the rest of the game was just a mess. But no matter like, how you look at it, UCF doesn't win the game if he doesn't yeah. get that touchdown. It was crazy enough, like, the back and forth, and then that happens. USF scores the 87-yard touchdown, whatever it was, and gets the two-point conversion, and everyone's just like, we were just up by eight, like, one play ago. <laughs> and it's tied. And then the Mike Hughes return, and, yeah, that, that just – he's – always going to be a central figure from that game and then a week later uh, against memphis in the conference championship game 113 rushing yards uh the game winning one yard touchdown run and double overtime where he got stopped at the like he got stopped on the first on his first go and the the second effort that he gave and he got in it was uh that game that game will always be just the to, to have to deal with that after the usf game um, well, that, I, that, but honestly, this is kind of highlighting that a little bit with Otis. It's like those, and I know, I think your next one might be that Peach Bowl uh, touchdown, yeah. but I, it's that, it's the, it's the craziest three game stretch in UCF history. And Otis had a key touchdown in all three. Like, I he mean, did. it was like, <laughs> UCF doesn't go 25 and 0 without Otis. I mean, it just, that yeah. man, he was, I, and he was a true freshman in 17, wasn't he? Yeah, he I was. Mean, and man, that is stepped crazy. right in, stepped right into, honestly, you know, later in his career, he had that, um, what do they call it? The hybrid role, or I was, utility role they call utility, it utility um, you know and he played that utility role i think like they they most effectively used him in that role when he didn't have that title which was when he was a true freshman i think we can all agree that hypel staff had no idea what to do with otis i think that's <laughs> other than clear. give him a other than and, give him a, the title <laughs> other than say you're not a utility guy and you know what despite that otis still had like one of the craziest moments in ucf history against memphis in 2018 yeah. in hypel's first year yeah, so the Auburn Auburn touchdown you referenced, I didn't even really realize this until I went back to look at the game notes and stuff. That was like he tied the game at 2020 late in the third quarter. Like I was yeah, thinking back to that game, I was like when UCF went down 20 to 13, I was like, oh man. Like I don't I didn't I don't think I was very confident at that point. It was that third quarter hit and it felt yeah. like re, it felt like a reality check. Like suddenly yeah. UCF was just getting bullied and that was like the lifeline touchdown. But then that was the first of three straight scores by UCF. Um, to take the momentum back and eventually they went won the game of course but then yeah that I think that's if there's one play or one moment that you're gonna you're gonna pin his legacy on it's that 54 yard touchdown catch uh, in the conference championship game in 2018 from Daryl Mack um, which, which like, is at, insane for so many reasons like uh, like were you in the press box for that game or were you in the stands? I was not Okay. Because obviously everyone's seen the play a million times. It, it, for, it was just the angle it wasn't actually, but it looked like it was getting picked. Like oh, that absolutely. ball was coming out. It's like, this is a pick. And it was the strangest, like, oh, no way. It's a touchdown. I remember, like, in the press box, Otis was running. I'm like, oh my God, Otis caught that. And then right before he crosses the end zone, someone next to me, I remember who it was, was like, 
did he just throw up a peace sign like, <laughs> as he's crossing the goal? And I'm like, like, no, he did it. Now he, he must have been like yeah. waving to someone. Then they show the slow-mo on the replay. It's like, oh my God, this dude caught a touchdown. And I think, I think like, you say, it's funny you said it from the press box because like even I was in the student section at the time and even from the student section, that all that ball looked like it was getting picked. Yeah. And like that at, at the time, UCF was down 17 points. And it's funny to remember like this, like that touchdown still was a 10 point game, but like that felt like it, changed everything that and like from there it was like completely swung the game back to UCF yeah. and because then the crowd that was r- like right after that I think was Hypo hyping up the crowd and the place going nuts was and it? uh yeah. yeah I mean yeah because it, it was, was a 10-point game when he did that and I just did man that changed everything like I said <laughs> you just had a lot of really random like game-changing moments like yeah. momentum shifters yeah um going on uh 2019 and this was one that I had forgotten about until I think Brandon Helwig posted the um, I think it was Brandon Helwig posted the picture from the play in that 39 yard touchdown run against FAU in 2019, where he cut back. Oh, and yeah. the, the defender, I think the defender just completely lost his mind. Like he lost he sent him his entire sense in of direction. <laughs> he spun like a helicopter and I don't know, I don't know where he was going, but there's that, that classic photo of there's Otis running and there is a defender completely sideways, like four feet like, off the sus- yeah, suspended up in the air, just like pointed the wrong direction. And I have Legend no idea says like, that no one ever saw that FAU player again after that moment. <laughs> I like to think that like when he fell down from that little, like from where he was, he just went straight through the ground and he's in some other dimension at this point. Cause trapped in was, the multiverse. Yeah. He really, he really lost his, uh, his entire sense of being right there um, on that, on that cutback. Um, Which we've seen course, lots of, like we've seen lots of cutbacks and like ankle breakers and whatever. And it's yeah. like, but I've never seen one like that in football where a guy actually got, got broken so bad he ended up suspended in the air <laughs> horizontally like i just it yeah. was amazing it's, and it was just good i mean he could cut back like that and lose no speed i mean that yeah. was what was i mean he, man, he was such a player just a, just very dynamic um and then 20 so that same year 2019 um no one likes to remember the game against Pitt, but he did have an 87 yard touchdown uh punt return touchdown in that game to put ucf up 24 21 and that was another one where ucf i know they ended up going on to lose the game but UCF had kind of lost momentum by the end of the first half. And then they went on a run after like that, that punt return put them up 24, 21 and sparked. I think, I think it was, they scored again after that to go up 31, 21. I know at one point um, in that game, UCF scored like 30 something points straight. I think that was right in the middle of it. Yeah. And that was, that was part of it. And that was the thing is like, as not only as a receiver and as a runner, he's just as a punt returner, he, he had his moments where you were just like, excited to see and he had his he had his moments where you're a little nervous but <laughs> he was just, yeah. doesn't? oh yeah what, what as we learned this doesn't? year with UCF quite a lot um yeah he was oh, I would have paid so much money to have him be the punt returner this year after <laughs> some of the moments that we saw you know what sucks though is like I like Otis Anderson with Gus Malls on would have been freaking oh that would have been really yeah. freaking fun. I mean, I think yeah. I literally, if you just take this exact team as it is and you throw us on there, I think it's good for like, I'm not even joking, like one or two more wins. I'm really not even, <laughs> I'm dead serious. Because yeah. I think at times UCF lacked that dynamic playmaker that he was. That's what they've been missing all season was someone who could just break op- open games. And I mean, yeah. having that, I think that changes the SMU game. I think, I think Navy's not, I, yeah, I honestly, I, I think that. I Louisville, think like, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, a different season. Like, different season. Um, completely yeah and so that that 2019 season still um that game against temple which this is a performance i got forgot about because i think by late in 2019 it was kind of like all those games kind of blended together for me 
And there was times where UCF didn't look its best, but that Temple game where they scored, I think, 63 points. It was at 63 Temple. to 21 at Temple. And the Temple was good that year. They were like an eight-way yeah. team. Like I don't, we, going into that game, it wasn't like, oh, UCF's going to blow them out. UCF's going to score 63 points. But they did. And, and the center of that was Otis, who had 17 carries for 205 yards and a touchdown. Which and, I will never get over this. Didn't even get AAC honor roll that week. No recognition for a 200-yard game. And, 200 and rushing too- yards. It wasn't even – it wasn't even, like, thinking back, I don't remember exactly who won, like, player, Offensive Player of the Week or who was all on the list, but, like, there's no way that all of them deserved it over a guy who ran for 205 yards. Unless, on 17 carries, Not even too. honor roll. Like, are you telling yeah, me that there were, like, eight guys who had 200-yard games? Like, are no. you kidding me? That's 12 I mean, yards a carry. I swear to God if Desmond Ritter won Offensive Player of the Week that week. I swear to God. I just remember being livid and I was not like all of UCF. And it's such like a meaningless thing. Like it doesn't really matter. Like who cares who the AAC says did what, but it was just such a disrespectful thing. Like you could tell, like I am 100% confident someone at the AAC, whoever decides that stuff, I know who it does. It might just be Mike Oresco's like assistant. And it was just, I never thought about that. (laughs) I don't know who does that. It's not coaches. Like was probably just saw that on Twitter was like, Oh crap. I totally forgot about that. There is no way oversight. There's no way they saw that performance and was like, that's not worth it. They just forgot. They absolutely just forgot about it. Complete oversight. And so that's 12 yards of carry. And then later that year in the Gasparilla Bowl against Marshall, he had 14 touches and 130 total yards. He had a 35-yard touchdown catch, 130 total yards. He only ran the ball nine times and caught five passes. And it was just like every time he touched the ball, it was something. It was a play. And he had had a great – I mean (laughs) – think you could make an argument for him to have been the, the offensive MVP in that game, even though he only had 14 touches. Yeah, um, but we were by then at the last few years here of college football. I think we're about to see what the Heisman ceremony. We're in the age where just the quarterback gets if there's a, if so. there's an award to be won, it, it goes it, to the, the quarterback. quarterback gets it that, no matter what. Yeah. And then uh, one more on here um, in 2020, it's forgettable of a year as that was yet a memorable, memorable performance uh, and the road win at Houston, 16 carries, 170 yards and a touchdown. Um, another one where it was like you, you weren't really sure what you were going to get week in and week out from UCF, but that turned out to be a fu- just a fun a fun day, a fun performance to watch. Um, and really, and I, what I what I will remember too is he had a pretty pretty solid game against uh, BYU. Not a lot of players did in the bowl game, but there's also the fact that he played in the bowl game. You know, guys guys in this day and age will opt out, and if you know if they're ready to go and they're then their college careers, they're opting out, but he he stayed stayed there through the end and it's just he's he was his the legacy he's leaving or he's left at UCF um there aren't a lot of words that really can can describe it accurately he was just such a huge part of UCF and and what has become this like golden era of of UCF football yeah I just you know like I said I don't want to keep repeating it sucks but it's just I have a hard time like finding the words for this stuff and it's definitely one of those things where like when that news broke it just well, first off, you always want it to be fake, you know, because I yeah. think we first saw it at like seven. I think you. Were yeah, I, w- I woke up and I scrolled Twitter the first thing. That was one of the first things I saw. And I was like, what? Am and I, I told you guys because you guys were like, oh, my God, I'm like, no, no, no. I was like, let's just wait. Let's just wait. Let's see. It's probably just some BS. And then it just start like no one's denying it. He's not surfacing. Yeah. And I'm just like, you got to be kidding me. And I just. Yeah, that was a I mean, really, really just rough day. I, it, you know, you just any anytime anything like that happens and, uh, it, you know, it just it kills you. It yeah. just, it, it's, it was, and it almost, it's good and bad because everyone started sharing their Otis stories. And there were so many like 
touching stories on Twitter, yeah. things I'd never heard about before, just from fans or photos or videos of just what a great guy he was and how much I really love him. And it's like, each one's almost like a gut punch where you're just like, man, this guy's really gone. And yeah, it's just, it's 20... been, a, it's been a tough week for that nation for sure. And it hits so hard. I mean, he was 23 years old. He, he and I are the same age. He's younger than me. That's crazy. Yeah. Me. It's I... just gone far too soon. Just a, a tragic situation, just awful in, in, in all the ways, but you know, our, our condolences, our thoughts are, are with, his family and in this time and it was it was so cool and it's it's been cool to see the outpouring of support from from night nation from the ucf community um for his mom especially who his i mean yeah. his mom was his everything and you know I, we've we've had fun you know over the years seeing seeing her him and her go out it on twitter just having little little jabs at each other her sharing stories and he's like mom stop it <laughs> basically like she just would take any opportunity to kind of embarrass him on twitter and it was always funny so yeah our, our thoughts are, are are definitely with her and and um and the family and really yeah it, it's it's just a, a terrible situation but we'll um as best we can i guess transition uh into our next topic which um is is interesting like it's just in the week that it was like <laughs> after all that happening for for this to be the end of the week ucf will play in the gasparilla bowl on december 23rd against the florida gators this long-awaited matchup that probably should have happened in 2018 well, in bowl season 2018, um, didn't happen then. It's happening now when both programs are in the midst of not the best years, but it's happening. And um, Christian, I'll, I'll give you the floor. We were kind of talking about this um, as the report started surfacing last week, just about, you know, whether or not we wanted this to happen. And I'll be a full disclosure at the time. I was like, I really, really hope it doesn't happen. I really am really against this. We were going to have like, I felt really strongly about it at the time. Too much time has passed. And now I'm like excited about it. And I don't have the same feelings I did before, but I'll give you the floor to talk about the article on night sports now and, and what an opportunity this is for UCF. And I'll, I'll give you the one sticking point that I think has caused this little bit of disagreement between us. Well, first off, I'm genuinely annoyed that you've changed your mind. Because we had like eight different times over the last week, we started getting into an argument over text and would have to be like, no, no, stop. We'll save it for the podcast. Like, cause you were like, I do not like this. This is horrible. Like blah, 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 blah. You know, all your yeah. typical BS. And then, okay. and then finally the day comes where we can talk about it. And I say, smirk, I'm excited for the pod. And you're like, I've changed my mind. I think it's good. I told you that text yesterday and you didn't, you, you completely ignored it. So I, yeah, I'm bad. It, like I'm not a good text. <laughs> there was a text where i said yesterday um i don't remember exactly what i said but basically it wasn't going to be as it wasn't going to be the same conversation that it was going to be but it still can be my main thing way. is i just i like i bury texts like like if someone texts me something as i'm sending them a tweet i never scroll like above what i just <laughs> I, I just like i i'm that much of a narcissist like the conversation began with me and ended yeah with me, and that's it so sorry about like, that. Wh but yeah, whatever I just... whatever i was supposed to read just now it doesn't matter i'm sending a text now <laughs> i'm changing the topic here so that's what matters it, part of it is I'm like, I'm scatterbrained on my phone. I'm usually texting like three people and on Twitter and on Instagram. Yeah. And I just, it, it's all, good. but you know, I, yeah. you will do this to me. You'll just emphasize old messages when I like, cause I'll like text you and be like, so what do we decide for this? And we talked about it like 40 yeah. <laughs> back up and like tap. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Thank you. Yeah. But I anyway, I I'm curious to hear what happened to you because you were so, you were so determined. This is a bad idea. So I, the point I want to make about this game and I did, I wrote an article on Antsports now about it and why this is, a nothing to lose scenario for UCF. You guys should go check it out, please. When I write things, I prefer people read them. 
And uh, I, the thing for this with me is I've said before on this podcast, it's been take I have that, oh, I'm always like, just give UCF an easy bowl win. Just take the easy bowl win so you can get ranked, whatever. UCF's not getting ranked this year. You know, like that's not on the table. So like when I, in 2019, when I was happy with Marshall, because I said UCF can blow this team out and get ranked, which is what happened. That's not on the table for this year. There's no bowl opponent that UCF could have beat where they're going to put a nine and four group of five team in the top 25. So that's out the window. Doesn't matter. And that situation, aside from this being Florida, I would rather have a bowl game that is fun and cool and fan bases are excited for and trash talking over than UCF playing like, I don't like, like Georgia Southern or something, like some team they have no connection to and don't care about. Neither team cares about each other. This is great. The second thing, and this is the point I was trying to make to you, Bailey, and apparently you're on my side now, is nationally, everyone expects UCF to lose. Yes, Florida sucks this year, but it's still Florida is the SEC team. UCF's a group of five. They're not even good, blah, 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 blah. Florida would be 13-0 on their schedule, all that crap. And so if UCF goes out there and gets blown out, which could happen, it could happen. It's football. You never know. If they go out there and get blown out, nothing changed. The, the world we live in right now is that world because nationally people expect Florida to blow out UCF. If UCF does anything better than that, if they play a close game, if they win the game, they have changed the narrative for the better. I mean, you, I don't think because people keep coming at me with like, because, oh my God, so many of you have gotten mad at me on Twitter for saying that I'm excited about UCF's bowl game. I'm really, I'm really sorry about that, guys. That, uh, you know, <laughs> as a UCF alum, I want to see them play in a bowl against literally the team they trash talk most on Twitter out of anyone. Yeah, I apologize for that horrible take. But people keep coming at me with, well, look, they'll just discount it. Like Florida fans will just say, oh, we didn't care. And people saying like, just like what Auburn did. I got so many tweets like that. Just like what Auburn did. Hey, guess what, guys? UCF beating Auburn was huge and changed the narrative. It does not matter what the fan base of that specific team says. Yes, Florida will have excuses. If UCF loses, they'll have excuses. It won't change that nationally. People are going to go, whoa, UCF beat Florida. And that Gus Malzahn is going to be able to sit in the living room with recruits all up and down the state of Florida and say, we are already better than Florida. We are better than them right now. And if UCF plays them close, he can look at recruits in the eye and say, you are the missing piece to get us better than Florida. It is a huge opportunity. And it doesn't matter what excuses Florida fans throw out because no one's going to listen to that. No one cares. Let them talk. It doesn't matter. If UCF wins, UCF won. Nice. Um, the one, <laughs> the, the one, this is where, okay, so this is where we have, and I mean, I, it's more about me than what you're saying, but you have more faith in like national media and national fan bases than I do. Because I still think there is going to be a decent, decently sized segment of national media or national fan bases, anyone outside of just the Florida fan base that make those excuses. Because I've seen, I've seen people make the excuse for Auburn who have no connection to Auburn. They're like, oh, that. Okay, okay, okay. okay. But again, you, yes, national media have made that excuse. Did UCF right. beating Auburn dramatically change UCF's perception as a program? Yeah. Then it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that some people said stuff. It still changed the perception of the program. Which is and why I knew you were going to come at me. Go ahead. Go ahead. Which is why I'm mostly back on the other side of it now. It's just that I'm I'm more that it's more that I just don't want to be annoyed. And I'm I will get annoyed at anyone who says anything like that because it's just you have to be so like you're you're you just don't have logic. Like people just don't use logic in any situation especially on Twitter, especially talking about college football. And I just don't want to see it, especially, and I'm going to get it from, I have know a lot of people 
that are Gator fans went to Florida. I know I'm going to hear it a lot and I don't want to, I don't want to deal with it. I, I didn't want, it was more about me that I did not want to be in that situation where I even have to handle it for a second. Anyone saying a thing about me, about that to that, to me about that game. Here's the thing. If UCF wins, they can say anything they want to me. I don't care. Oh no. Yeah. That's, anything sure. they say, I'll just say, well, UCF won. <laughs> it's yeah. like it that's matter. the comeback but if i'm saying it's it's more out if ucf loses i don't want to hear it so the well you will so the athletic has which an is SEC, why i didn't want it to happen they have an sec podcast they do once a week yeah but it's risk yeah. versus reward man and i listen to it as i do because we've talked about before i spend most of my time just listening to college football podcast and they're talking about the sec bowl situation and they said okay so outside of the playoff what um uh what uh sec bowl games are you most excited for and they were like, oh, Florida, UCF. They're like, that's awesome. Like, we want to see that matchup for years. And Andy Staples is on it. And he, he's, this is national media. This is, um, this is what I'm talking about. The perspective is different for Florida fans. He goes, man, if Gus Mall's on UCF beat Florida, wow, that's going to change things. So that's where we're at. That, I mean, it's like Florida will throw their excuses. And listen, some of them are going to be valid. I don't know if Florida cares about this bowl game. Full disclosure, they don't even have a head coach at the moment. So, like, not sure. And, you know, but either way, it doesn't matter. All that matters is who wins the game because that's what yeah. the narrative gets shaped around. Everything else is just semantics and excuses. So who cares? And like I said, if UCF goes and gets blown out, that's what everyone thinks is going to happen. So who cares? Nothing changed. And then UCF will be the, get to be the ones doing excuses. We'll talk about how injured we are. <laughs> going back going back to when you said it's, it's risk versus reward, it feel, it's more about that. And it's changed a little bit over the last week or so, which is, again, why my opinion has changed on it more. But it's more that my... I don't think they're going to win and I don't feel, I don't know. It's just, it could, it could be close. I don't really know. That's why I'm like kind of fuzzy on this, but it's, it felt less like I was risking anything. Like it felt like less of a reward because like the risk is too large. I don't think UCS going to pull off the upset. So I know here's what's going to come my way from Florida fans that I know. And I didn't want to deal with that. Here's the thing. I'm not saying UCF is going to win it, right now. I would say 40% chance. Lead if I had to put it in a percentage. Um, but what I will say is there's a few things working in UCF's favor. First off, UCF has played two really bad games this year against Cincinnati and SMU. It was the two really good teams they played, so that makes sense. Florida's not a good team. Florida's not That's a good true. team. I know they're an SEC team, and I know that there are people out there who think that SEC teams, if placed in any other conference, would all be undefeated, even Vanderbilt, apparently. <laughs> um, it's not the way that works. Is the SEC the strongest football conference? Yeah. Absolutely. Is Florida have more talent than UCF? Just raw talent? Yeah, but they're not good this year. I mean, they gave up, and I'm not going to like pick on one game because I know a lot of people are like, oh, look at the FCS game. But I mean, they gave up to South Carolina and Sanford. South Carolina is a bad team too. They played those games in a seven day span and they gave up 92 points. 92 points in a two game span. They have not had, they have not gotten a blowout win against an FBS team since early October. I, they're, they're not good. And the other thing working in UCF's favor, like I said earlier, is they don't have a coach. Their season for all intents and purposes is over. I really don't know how motivated they're going to be for this game. And the one factor I was worried about, the one and only factor, was Anthony Richardson is a very good quarterback. And I was worried about him playing. And apparently he's not going to play because he's having surgery. So Emory yeah. Jones isn't good. I'm sorry. And I, I, I am and if regretting that if something happens and he's like UCF's quarterback next year. But I, I just, he's not. And that's the biggest factor for me. So you've got a team that doesn't have a coach, may not care, and has to play the worst of their quarterbacks. Um, again, I'm not even saying UCF's going to win. 
I'm just saying, I don't think this is any kind of like, it's not like playing Cincinnati where it's like, ah, it's there. It's going to take a lot of things going in their way. I think UCF can just flat out win this game. It's not at all. Yeah. It's not at all like that to me either. The one thing I will say, like you said, just on like, they're, they're going to be more talented and I think they probably will be more physical. So that's what I, I worry about a little bit in terms of the matchup and just the on-field stuff. And I just, the, the lasting impression I have in my mind is UCF needing like a last second gaff by the uh, opposing quarterback to beat USF who finished two and 10. So okay. That's, that's a little revision. That's a little revisionist history for the record. It wasn't like they were going to win the game if he didn't kneel. I mean, they, the time, time was running out anyway. I don't, it wasn't like that. It wasn't like, Oh, it was a win in the bag and a dramatic screw up. Right. But I mean, they, they had a chance, like they might've gotten one more play if he hadn't thrown the ball and would have just taken, like when he went down, it was, it was whatever. We don't have to talk about the play. I'm just saying just struggling in general to go to beat a USF team who is very, very bad. Let's not forget Florida played USF earlier in the year and they won by a lot, but they struggled for a whole half. And that was when Florida was at their best a lot better than they are now. I mean, I just, I don't know. I, like I said, UCF could lose this game. I'm not trying to like, well, they struggled, total they struggled in the second half, but they had gotten to a point where they're up 35 to three at halftime. So I don't know. I'm just saying I, I, they haven't looked good. all. No, I, I do. I do agree with you that like I, in the last week or so I've come around on UCF's chances. They just have to play a lot better than they did. Um, there's just, there was, I know there's a lot of times this year, like depended on the week was the team that you got out of, out of UCF. So they're going to have to play a really good game. It's not groundbreaking information to say they're going to have to play well to win, but. Um, well, you look yeah, at, and, mean, and you're looking at like, let's look at Florida's offense alone for a second, which they've had a lot of quarterback switches, whatever good news, the worst ones playing. Um, so they scored 70 on Sanford a few weeks back. That's the FCS game. So let's remove that. Cause you can do anything you want against an FCS team. Any team can. You, except, well, except you can't really st- hold them again, uh, from scoring well, uh, 52 yeah, points, apparently. The one exception. So their most recent FBS games, they scored 24 points, 23 points, 17 points, 7 points. They haven't had an offense in like two months. Yeah. And UCF's defense is good. Uh, Big Cat could play in the SEC. You know how I know that? Because he played in the he SEC. He did. <laughs> um, yeah. Ricky Barber could play in the SEC. So I, I just, I think the defense could have a good day. I think Emory Jones makes stupid decisions, and if they and if they fluster him early, that could be the game. I don't think UCF's offense needs to put up thirty something points to beat Florida. I think they could put up twenty one and beat Florida. I really do. I think if UCF and there is a there is a scenario where UCF gets blown out. Like I said, I still think the most likely outcome is UCF loses, but I think UCF could win this game like twenty one thirteen. I totally could see that being the final score. Yeah, yeah. It's I, I keep going back and forth on. I really don't know. I really it's really hard to for me to predict or, or figure out what we're going to see because there's I feel like there's so many different op- like, I, the only way I don't think this is going to go and I would love for it to go this way but I don't see UCF blowing them out no I don't it either. would be the most fun either. day of my life if they did <laughs> like even whatever you can throw all the excuses of like oh they're playing their worst quarterback they don't have a coach they don't care whatever if UCF goes out and wins like 35 to 7 I'll lose my mind. It's not going to happen. I don't care. It's not going to happen. But The I only way mind. anything like that would happen is if Emory Jones just totally collapsed and like threw three picks or something and set up. Which he could do. I, I, he does that. He does sometimes. So Did he do I, it against Florida State? I think he may have. He's not I think a he threw player. three picks in that game. Yeah, this podcast is going to age so badly when he <laughs> enters the portal and ends up at UCF. Like it's going to end up like <laughs> this is going to get thrown in our faces for so long.
and nah. I just want I just want to be on the record that I here's the thing we end up it'll get thrown in our face and then we'll end up being right because that's what happens that's happened multiple times with different topics on this podcast we've ended up being right I would be Remember? thrilled if Emory Jones transferred to UCF because that means then Tommy or Mikey would start so I'd be <laughs> um, trying to double down on all of it how do I look at oh there we go Emory Jones so Emory Jones hey he didn't throw any picks against Sanford and Missouri Gels didn't throw a touchdown against Missouri, so 0 for 0 there. Um, yeah, he threw three picks. He threw three picks against Florida State. He's thrown multiple picks in one, two, three, four, four games this season. He's thrown multiple interceptions. So yeah, I mean, the I think UCF could get some, I, especially if the, if this D line can bring pressure. I think you see, I think UCF could get some. The one thing is, no, I think now I'm now I'm mixing up. He's he's pretty dynamic as a quarterback, as a rusher, isn't he? And that's the one thing UCF is not very good at, is dealing with mobile quarterbacks. He has 697 rushing yards this year. Yeah, he can really run it. Um, um, that hasn't been, but that hasn't been as much. I mean, it hasn't been great. That hasn't been as much of a problem for UCF this year as it has been in the past year. Well, I'm trying to think of which, like, which kind of mobile quarterback. I guess USF's quarterback. I guess USF's McClain, quarterback, Ritter. McLean extended some plays though. Occasionally, but how, they how, struggled. How, I feel like they struggled with Cunningham from. Louisville yeah but that was so long ago I'm not I mean the defense is I guess it really isn't the same defense is it I mean and plus that game was out with Tatum Bethune didn't play in that game um I think Ricky Barter missed either got hurt in or missed that game as well yeah so I don't think you can really use that as a how does Desmond Desmond Ritter against UCF what his rushing was nothing no that was Michael Ford Jerome Ford Jerome Ford that was that was his game Ritter really wasn't Ritter had 14 rushing yeah Three and a half he wasn't half. yeah so wasn't i very i don't know i'm not like yeah like is ucf gonna get hurt that way in this game yeah are they gonna lose the game on that potentially like <laughs> but i would still 10 times out of 10 face emory jones over uh what's his face the other one anthony richardson anthony richardson there you go yeah yeah and so we'll we have the, the annoying thing about this for me is that not only do i not know what's gonna happen i feel like i have to wait so long to see what's gonna happen because like the game is on yeah, the game's on the 23rd, so we're going to have a couple more podcasts. Like, that's why we're not going to get into, like, a really, really detailed uh, breakdown of, like, the game itself and a preview and predictions and all that stuff just yet because we have more time to think about it and see who's opting out, see who's who UCF's going to get back from injury. Oh, that's another key point I had to make. Sorry. Um, yeah. A few more key points. It, actually, it's all one key point, but a few more points within that key point. It's like, you know, <laughs> if you're, like, in a word, this is, like, the H3s to my H2. Um, so the other thing is, I think that, pro- and I could be wrong. I feel like any Florida player who's draft eligible isn't going to play. Um, I would and, think, and I don't think that's even remotely going to be the case for UCF. I think everybody on UCF is going to play. And I think, I think they should be the healthiest they've been in a while because they're going to have a few weeks here to get who, healthy. Who even like that is draft eligible for UCF? Who even would opt out? A big cat's the only one I can think of. And I don't think he and can I don't afford to. Think he will. I don't think he will either. This is the biggest game they played this year, to be honest, outside of Cincy. Yeah. Um, plus, I think. That, I plus, think I believe of. Big Cat only played Florida once at Auburn and lost. So yeah, maybe I don't know if like he cares to that level, but it might be a little go get revenge type thing. Because that's the only time Malzahn faced them too, right? Which somehow. Somehow in eight years as Auburn's head coach, Malzahn played Florida once. The SEC scheduling. The SEC schedule. Insane. I'm sure it's about to be even better with two more teams coming in. It's absolute um, madness. But yeah, I, I just, so I think that's a huge advantage. And, and I think, I mean, the biggest factor, maybe, honestly, for any UCF player is Isaiah Bowser. Because yeah. if you see, because when he is healthy, 
we've saw that this year. Every game that he's been healthy, he has steamrolled the other team. And, and I also think that just having him as a blocker in for Mikey could be huge too. And I, I'm assuming he will be healthy for that game. When's the last time we saw him 100% healthy? Was it, was probably, it actually Boise probably State? Probably Bethune-Cookman. Or Bethune-Cookman, yeah. And he had four touchdowns. Yeah. And against That's... Boise State, he just murdered them. And then he got hurt against Louisville, and it, or he got hurt against either Leighton, Bethune, or early Louisville. And it's just been kind of limping from there. But now he has literally, from one game to the next, a month to just rest when's, up and get healthy. When's the last time he played? Um, He came back. Let me look it up. I don't even remember because he came back like he came back at parts of certain games, but like they really didn't use him much he, down the well, stretch. What I want to know is the last he wasn't, time he was the last time he played a full game because he was coming in like right. for a couple plays for a while. But even though I don't even remember the last time he was coming in for a couple plays, like he didn't play against SMU, did he? His I mean, last. Oh my god, he hasn't played since Tulane. Tulane. Yeah. So I mean, I was so by the time he plays, if he, I mean, he would have what almost two months since his last game where he's actually played. Yeah. And I, and I, there I was, would expect him to be healthy. For this there were reports and like he was, he was dressed out for the last game. Wasn't he? Yeah. I, think I so. feel like he was warming up and um, stuff. It's like, there was like a little bit of a question of whether or not he was going to play and he ended up not playing. So he's like, he was obviously close by the end of the season. And now we're going to get an extra two or three weeks of practice where he should hopefully be able to get back to the point where he's hundred percent. And I don't think there's any situation where he's sitting out. Cause he didn't, he didn't walk with the seniors. So I don't right. think he's intending to go to the NFL. Right. And even if he, if he is, if he sees this opportunity is like, okay, well, if I run for 200 yards and three touchdowns against Florida against the SEC enough, team, yeah, maybe that's enough to get me drafted. So like he would take it as an opportunity. So one way or the other, it feels like you would think he's going to be healthy enough to play. And really, like I said, and we're not going to get too far into this, but the one thing I worry about is the, the physicality when we've seen UCF play more, more so Cincinnati, Cincinnati is very physical in the trenches and UCF struggled with that. And so that's what kind of worries me about Florida. But UCF's D-line is also very good. It's more UCF's O-line, which is – it's good, but I don't know. Florida, yeah, Florida's UCF's O-line. O-line is coming off a, a game where it struggled against the 3-19. So I get the concern yeah. for the O-line. That's, again, yeah. why I think having Bowser is an X-factor. I yeah. mean, having an extra blocker for Mikey. Having, having a running back who can really – who's a real bruiser, who even if the line doesn't hold up can still, like, basically fall for three yards if he has to. I mean, I think – I think the more I think about it, I think Isaiah Bowser is the X factor for this game. And then there's also Jalen Robinson, who's like doing a bunch of cryptic crap on social media, which I don't yeah, know. Can, what, can UCF uh, wide receivers stop being so cryptic? And it's like, not just UCF, it's all wide receivers. Not sure. It's no, it's really receivers. is. Yeah. He tweeted, he posted game film and then was like free and then did free Uno again. And then was like, me and O'Keefe are going to light it up next year. Yeah, like, who's like, stopping us next year? I'm like, are you guys both leaving and going to the same school? I'm like, as far as I like... can tell, as far as I can tell, you're stopping yourself at the moment. So I don't know, dude, but yeah, no idea what that's about, but we'll see. So yeah. Jalen is at this point, like, so who do we know who's not going to play? Um, Dylan Gabriel, who's gone, is obviously not going to play. Kind of wonder if, he, I kind of wonder if he knew they were getting Florida, if he, he would have done that and then transferred. I don't know. No. Um, you don't think so? I don't. <laughs> What, and, uh, I don't think I don't know. I don't think his brand any it would it would help his brand any. I forgot he doesn't like playing good teams. Um, not that Florida's good, but you know, he would be like Ooh, SEC. This is Dylan yeah. Gabriel we're talking about. He probably thinks Florida is a million times better than UCF. Um so we know no Dylan, uh, no Kalia Davis, no, no Bryce. Bryson Armstrong. Is that it? As far as I can remember. So this game could be the healthiest UCF has been in like three months. Cut that part from the podcast in case they lose, because then we'll talk about how injured they were. 
That's a good point. I didn't say that, guys. You said that earlier in the podcast. You were like, well, then it's UCS turn to do the excuses and say how injured we were. And I was like, eh, well, also, that I, listen, that narrative is out there because on that SEC podcast I listened to, they did say that, like, well, neither team's where they want to be. UCF's just been like riddled with injuries all year. And I'm like, yes, they it know. is true. We have. So, yeah. So, so but I'm just saying, I, 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 I'm going to say it right now so I can look so smart when Isaiah Bowser has no impact on the game. I think Isaiah Bowser's <laughs> status is the X factor in this game. Yep. Yeah. Well, we'll again, we'll talk more about it next week and then we'll have our full preview and predictions in two weeks leading up to the game um it's gonna be fun it's that's that's the guy that's the 180 that i've done in the last week is that like whatever it's it's still gonna be fun like wouldn't we rather do this over like app state curable isn't this way better even if ucf loses yeah because i don't have to drive to orlando now so yeah now i have to drive to tampa so uh, <laughs> that's fun but yeah. oh man oh, we're not going to shreveport, shreveport. That's the other thing. dream's dead I'm so upset. I wanted to I wonder go to how many people. Game. I wonder how many people heard that conversation. I don't know. Well, I can tell you how many people heard that. Oh, wait. Yeah, I can tell you. Hold on. Because <laughs> that got like toward the end of the podcast. It, was, it was pretty late in, in the pod. I haven't checked the chart for that one. Let me see. And it was in a week around. that we didn't like blast our podcast out there on Twitter or anything. So I can't do it on my phone. No, our, yeah. I mean, our listeners were fine last week. But oh, okay, I haven't cool. looked at the actual. Was that last week's podcast? It was. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I haven't. I haven't checked the actual listen chart though. Like I haven't seen where people dropped off. So I'll have to go look that up after this. We'll see. Yeah. Anyway, we'll talk more UCF Florida in the coming weeks, but last... I do like the idea for the, for the typically like 70% of people who, so who leave early, we had this conversation right now and they're like, what are they talking about? Like what is, what is the Shreveport conversation? Go listen yeah. to the end of last week's podcast to learn more about the wonderful town that is Shreveport, Louisiana. They have a, uh, I forgot the name of the little like water park thing. They Splash have kingdoms. Splash kingdom, right? Splash kingdom. They yeah, have an IMAX theater, guys. We got, we got to get, we can't, we can't do this again. We got to talk about Cincinnati, unfortunately. All right, Cincinnati, they are not going to the Independence Bowl in Shreveport. Cincinnati's going to the playoff, and yeah, they are. You sound really um, upset about it. I mean, I have the same stance that I did back when we talked about this, however long ago. Was that if they went undefeated, I said they should be in the playoff. Was I rooting for them to go undefeated? No. Do I want them to win in the semis against Alabama? No. That might be where we differ. See, I just, I don't, I don't so, want to see them have any success. So I, I I'm going to give you my, if they take play, I, I would rather them play a close game and lose probably. It would look better, I think. And I could stomach that. I just don't want to see them win. So I tweeted this a couple of days ago. And this is basically my stance still. Cincinnati fans have been nightmarish this year and I do not like them. That being said, I hope the Bearcats beat Bama by 30 and no one ever for a single moment again can use a team's conference to discount what they can or should accomplish. Now, let me throw in a caveat. And this is what I'm struggling with currently. I think UCF is kind of screwed either way. Because if you see it, like, look at, like, as of right now, I think it's safe to say that most people would agree that 2017, pre the season, that 2017 UCF is the greatest group of five. TCU and Utah and Boise fans aren't going to agree. Everyone else would probably agree. Um, If Cincinnati wins, that is no longer the case. Even if they then lose in the championship game, that's still not the case. They're not the best one. If Cincinnati loses, then people are going to retroactively say, well, that's what would have happened in 2017 UCF if they've gotten in the playoff. They just won because it wasn't a playoff game. So I feel like UCF screwed either way. Well, I don't think we should care what people think. Okay. Which is essentially what you told me about the Florida game. (laughs) No, that is not even remotely what I was saying about the Florida game. I said we shouldn't care what Florida fans think. No, well, I'm just saying, I think the narrative – it's again, it's people being illogical because if, if Cincinnati gets blown out, people are like, oh, see, that was that's what would have happened to UCF. That's what would have happened. That's what happens when a group of five team gets in. 
you can just post the screenshots of all the other semifinal games, Michigan State, whatever, Washington, whoever else has been blown out. Didn't Ohio State get blown out once? Yeah, like you can just, everyone's been that's blown like, out. That's the logic of Ohio like, State got blown out last no year. Sense. It makes no sense. Listen, first why, off, like, if 2017 UCF made the playoff, they wouldn't have played Bama. Yeah. They would have made it over Bama. They would have played Clemson, who went on to get clowned by Bama in the first round. And then in the championship game, if they'd beaten Clemson, which they would have, let's be real, Clemson was not that good that year. They limped into the playoff and then got beat up. They would have played either Georgia or Oklahoma, who they matched up really well against both teams. So yeah. it, it's completely moot. It doesn't matter. And it's which is why it's such a ridiculous thing team from years ago, depending on what happens now. Alabama kills everyone they play. They, they, every time they're in a playoff game, they blow up the other team. So I, and I already can see it happening. I don't think Cincinnati's going to win. I think they have a way better shot than most people are giving them, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but if they I mean, their lose, defense like, is insane. Yeah. And their I don't know if Alabama's ready for that. Their secondary is legitimately, you cannot throw on Sauce Gardner. You can't throw on Cincinnati. And they, it's, you don't like it, but they just lost their, what, their number two wide receiver to an yeah. ACL tear, which you don't want to see that. That sucks. Which but sucks still, because he's you know. so much fun to watch. Yeah. I really, plus every, anytime you see a non contact injury like that, it's just like, why does this crap happen? But yeah. anyway, I digress. The point is that Cincinnati could win that game. And, Maybe I'm looking at this wrong. Maybe if Cincinnati wins, it retroactively helps 2017 UCF's image. Because then we can say, look what happened once you finally gave them a Yeah. Chance. Maybe we should have gotten ours. They got you know? the shot that we didn't get. And the one thing that does worry me is, you look at how Cincinnati made the playoff this year. I did not think they'd ever put a group of five. You know? And what it took was the most ridiculous set of circumstances. You couldn't have made this up for a movie. Three of the Power Five conferences champions had two losses or three losses in one case. So they were all yeah. so they're all knocked out. And then the only other one loss team on the board, one loss was to Cincinnati and yep. Notre Dame. I mean, it was like you couldn't have scripted that. Like Cincinnati not only had chaos among the Power Five conferences, but then the only one win team they were being compared to, they were the one loss. I, I that's crazy to me. I, and if Cincinnati gets blown out, I feel like they're going to never put another group of five team in again. So don't ex- don't try to explain all that logic to ESPN talking heads, including Bear from College Game Day. All of them who after Cincinnati makes it are just chastising group of five fans on TV, like ha. Because of course see, they oh, are. I just it. it I mean, I'm it really getting the most, sick of Game Day, man. And the, it took the most perfect set of circumstances for this to happen. It also it also took the fact that Cincinnati went undefeated in the regular season last year. It also took the fact that UCF went 25 and 0 over two seasons a few years ago, like. All of this stuff had to lead up just for them to barely get in. If Oklahoma State beats Baylor on They're Saturday, Cincinnati doesn't get in. Oh, there's and a me, one, loss, one loss Big 12 champion gets in at number four. And let me, you're 100% right. If Oklahoma State literally the inches away from the goal line, Insane. if that ball is in, Cincinnati's not in the playoff. So let me talk about Cincinnati fans for a second because I can't ever get too far into a conversation about Cincinnati without talking about how much I hate their fan base. Um, what you just said is my problem with Cincinnati fans is when UCF went undefeated and then went undefeated again, we fully acknowledged and discussed how we were in position to do that because of Boise State. I mean, we I wrote articles about that. I mean, that was very open that Boise State doing what they did, TCU and Utah as well, that set up for there being a New Year's Six bid in this era. People forget in the BCS system, there was not a spot for group of five teams, and that was fine. Yeah. And then Boise State forced its way in after years of success and won, and it, and it changed that in this system, there had to be a spot for the group of five teams. UCF leveraged what Boise did to get to their 25-game win streak. Cincinnati then leveraged what UCF did by beating UCF. People forget Cincinnati's first reappearance in the rankings was off of their win over UCF. And they built on that to then get to the playoff. But Cincinnati fans don't want to believe that. They know it's true, but there was a Cincinnati fan who said to me once, no, no, like they remember what we were like in 08 and 09. 
And that's what this is based off of. And it's just like, you guys are delusional and they're selfish. And what really shows with them is the difference was when Boise did this, when Utah and TCU did this, when UCF did, they were all true group of five teams. Cincinnati is a former power team and that has shown in their fan base. They are a bunch of arrogant losers on Twitter. And I've heard from people who went to the game, the UCF saying the in-person fans were very nice. That's great for them. I only interact with the Twitter ones. I swear that's the case with every fan base. You know why that is? Because some of the crap people say on Twitter, you would never say to a person. Oh, for sure. Ever. You never would. Right. And, and so it's just, it's I, just I hate their petty fans. Arguments. Twitter is like full of petty arguments. And then and in, in real life, like, oh, like, how was the trip? Like, just, oh, what? Like, it's it's going to be cordial most of the time. Yeah. So their it's, fan base sucks and I hate them, but, and they don't deserve this. But since, but, but the team does. Since the team does. Very good. Yeah. And I really hope they beat Alabama. I really, really do. That would be that would that would tectonic shift college football. Oh, and I know I'm just like rambling now. Also, that's huge for the Big 12 because now when Oklahoma leaves the Big 12, the Big 12 will still have a former playoff participant. Because that's a playoff participant that actually did something um, notable. Well, let's see. Um, well, that's what I'm saying if if that happens, yeah, yeah. Well, either way, even if they lose, even like yeah. the Big 12 will still. By, if they lose in a in a, like a close game, that's going to be a better showing than Oklahoma ever had, save for maybe that game against Georgia in 2017. Yeah. And that's the but, thing is right now, well, not anymore, but right like two days ago, there are five teams that ever put a team in the playoff and or five conferences, excuse me, excuse me. And when the realignment stuff finishes and UCF, Houston, Cincinnati go to the Big 12, there will still be five teams or five conferences. God damn it. Five conferences <laughs> that have put a team in the playoffs. So it just helps cement that the Big 12 is still there. There's the explicit tag again. Whatever, man. I'm, I'm not putting <laughs> it for that. You know, I'm not. But you listen. didn't do it before, did you? No, I didn't. I I, if I if I curse more than once, I'll do it. But okay. I, also, like, no one's complained. I haven't gotten any, like, no, any I mean, replies like anyone, or anything. No, it's not. It's not. No, it's just, I'm not, like, it's dropping just funny F-bombs here. I have to, like, consciously stop myself from doing so many times throughout a podcast, but I don't. So This is true. But either way, yeah, it, it, it's probably good news mostly for UCF if Cincinnati plays well. So we have to grudgingly root for what's a really, really freaking good team with some really annoying things. I think where I'm settling is that I hope it's a close – I hope they play them close, but I still want them to lose. So, so like, I don't the want their fans- last year. <laughs> Yeah, like I don't want their I don't want their fans to have the satisfaction of playing for a national championship, but I do think I think there's still going to be a conversation to be had if they play Alabama close. It's it's not going to look bad on the group of five. I, I can't imagine that it would. So it would also be really just vindicating for the for the stars matter folks to have to shut up because there are that's a lot true. of people who are still just fully of the idea of like, well, no, Cincinnati. Like, oh my god, I listen to podcasts where people are like, well. Like actual discussions on playoff, they're like, well, when you look at the two four seven talent composite ratings, <laughs> and I'm like, what? Like that's a, like that's a thing you're basing who should be in the Play all playoff the games on? on computers. Oh my god! So it would be nice to see those people like basically just take a huge punch in the face. So that that I'm <laughs> yeah, I want Cincinnati to win. I know most UCF fans don't agree with me. That's fine. I can't fault you if you want them to lose. I really can't. They they're they suck, but they're fans do. The team's very good. <laughs> yeah. Um, Oh, and also I said long ago on a podcast that I would sit in a Waffle House for 24 hours if Desmond Ritter finished top 10 in Heisman voting and we're getting the votes tonight. So we'll see if I do have to do that. And I'm a man of my word. Will be. I'm a man of my word, so I will do it. But he's I not think in he, the top 10. So. You don't think so? No, I probably will be. But I'm holding on to I, it. I think he will. I was looking I'll, at have stats, to pick a, like, I'll have to pick a date I'm going to do it. And when I do it, I'm going to tweet at Desmond Ritter and let him know why I'm there. Earlier um, in the podcast, I was like looking at his stats. He's got 36 total touchdowns. 3,500 total yards. Like, I don't think he's going to be in the like top five or anything, but I think he'll be top 10. You want to put, you want to put a Cincinnati player, give him Heisman votes. How about sauce? Sauce Gardner. Yeah. Oh, they just he's announced like, the finalists right now. Oh no. 
Okay, well, this is so. So, do you want to give me? Do you want to look at all that and see if they give the whole full top? I don't 10 know. I'm like just seeing. News? I'm just seeing finalists. I don't know if I can. One second, let me see if they release the votes. I want to say I'll go through the news and maybe by the end. Oh, you know, they're probably. I'm wrong. I don't think we're gonna get. I don't think we're gonna know until they hand out the award because they're not gonna release the vote totals yet. Oh, you're so right. Yeah. So well, you want to know the finalists though? Yeah, I do. Uh, Aiden Hutchinson. Oh. I'm really glad they put a defensive guy there because I really they actually they did it. Too. Uh, Kenny Pickett. Okay, yeah, I figured. This one should not be there. C.J. Stroud um, <laughs> just should not be there. I'm sorry. And Bryce Young. He probably should be. So we all know Bryce okay. Young's going to win it. I think Aiden Hutchinson actually has a pretty good case. I do, but... too. I think Kenny Pickett has a case. It would be, fu- it would be fun. I, I, Kenny Pickett's fun to watch. Um, yeah, he, faked, the, I ca- he did a I, fake slide and Twitter exploded into a rule book debate. So that was fun. I want them to, I want them to give it to Aiden Hutchinson. But they're not going to. Um, I just want to point out Will Anderson this year, 91 tackles, 15 and a half sacks, 31 and a half tackles for loss. Not a finalist. Because you know the problem with the Heisman is is there are like a thousand voters. Like I'm not, it's not hyperbole. There are literally a thousand voters. So it's like like people like us, like I feel like we're like a few more followers away from having a Heisman vote. And <laughs> like, well, I shouldn't be voting on the Heisman. Well, I speak fully, for yourself. I fully you have over a thousand. That. I don't have over a thousand. That's true. But if we if we combined our followers, we could probably get a vote. And we should not be voting on the Heisman. I know people who have Heisman votes. I'm like, you should not have one. So I just, <laughs> I, I can't believe, you know, so that, that's what happens. I'm not going Name to, them. Out not them going the to. Nope. But either right. <laughs> way, then you get people who just have a very surface level understanding of football and vote for the wrong players. And by the wrong players, I mean, just the quarterback from the best team every year, which is once again, what's happening. The number one yeah. seeds quarterback is going to win the Heisman. So that, that's great that the award, that the award has become meaningless and in no way a reflection of the actual season. All right. Rant of over. course. All right, we'll jump into the news. Not a ton other than what we've already talked about. Um, Alex Ward was named a finalist for the Manley Award, uh, which is given to the top long snapper in the country. Uh, The All-AAC and AAC Awards came out last week. Big Cat Bryant landed on the first team All-AAC team. First team team, that made no sense. Second team All-AAC was Ryan O'Keefe, Lokahi Paule, and Devad Wilson. And honorable mentions, we had Marcus Tatum, Cole Schneider, and Tatum Bethune. Um, are you he laughing wrote, at my typo? Are you laughing at my wrote, typo? You wrote Coke Schneider. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely that was definitely autocorrect because I wrote this all on my phone and then put it into a Word document. Mark, and that actually sounds like that. that's a cool football name. It's like here comes Coke Schneider. Coke I Schneider, do like that. Coke Schneider sounds like a dynamic running back. Like it's yeah. like oh, and Coke Schneider breaks free. Like I don't know, I could really see one one egregious omission that I want to point out is the conference's leading touchdown uh, receiving touchdown guy, which is Brandon Johnson. Just not even an audible mention seems questionable. Are you surprised that Devod Wilson got second team and Tatum Bethune didn't? Yeah. I find that I'm a little interesting. I don't know. I also, at the beginning of the I think I'm biased, so I don't know if I can really comment on it because I picked Tatum. Oh, Bethune right, right, right. Guy of the year. So I'm like, how did he not get a second team mention? Well, now you have um, cover because I brought it up instead of you. If you brought it up, it would have been like, ah, Tatum home. Yeah. Um, Dylan Gabriel visited Ole Miss over the weekend. Who cares? Uh, Scott Carr is now the <laughs> AD. Scott Carr is now the AD at FIU. Which did that seem like it came out of nowhere? Um, listen, I don't know. I just I feel like once you get to the point where your boss is making you test hot dog buns on Twitter, you're probably gonna look for another. <laughs> no, I honestly, Scott Carr is like a fantastic ad i don't think i mean it was a little, i guess it was a little surprising it happened now but he was definitely going to get a job at some point. no it was just to me i didn't see reports that he was interviewing or that like anything i just all of a sudden saw oh he's the ad at fiu 
There is a, I think it was the athletic hat that he's probably going to be stealing a UCF coach for that opening. Oh, um, Tim Harris, uh, UCF oh, running backs coach. Big, uh, big, big I did, key to South Florida recruiting. Who UCF might I did see Tim Harris's name come up in another athletic article like weeks ago before Carr was even in uh, the yeah. AD. So. Which it, it makes, makes natural sense. sense with Carr, obviously. So that would suck for UCF, but you know, that's part of having a really good staff is it's hard to keep it in place. I have full faith that Gus will fill that staff yeah. with someone else who's very As long good. as there isn't a mass exodus like there was in 2017, I think. God, I don't think there's okay. going to be. I don't know who else is going to go. There I, was some talk that G.J. Kinney might go, but I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, um, you would hope not. I mean, for recruiting, it's good to have the same staff in place if you can. I, I yeah. do think that, like, one staff addition that would probably be good is, like, a full-time special teams coordinator. Um, Something, something yeah. to think about. Yeah. Be good. yeah. Grad assistant Mackenzie Milton, too, would probably be good. Um, yeah, so former UCF offensive lineman Mike Lofton, who, in, who had entered the transfer portal, announced that he has committed to USF. So UCF will see him uh, next November. And finally, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, but it's been officially announced now that Mackenzie Milton will be playing. Uh, he's accepted an invite to play in the Hula Bowl at the Bounce House on January 15th. Need to go ahead and get my ticket before they sell out because a lot of UCF fans apparently want to go, and I can't blame them, obviously. It's Mackenzie Milton's uh, last trip inside the Bounce House as a player, so should be a fun should be a fun day. I imagine, like, it's, it's the Hula Bowl. Like, it's not like whoever's coaching is like going to be prioritizing. Oh, we have to win this. Like I, I, he better play. He'll play. I mean, those bowls are usually just, you sort of cycle everybody. in. Yeah. You would think that everybody gets cycling, especially for the fact that like the story that it is of him coming back and playing at UCF, the place is going to be full of UCF fans. Like he should get his shine. So that'll be fun. I'm really looking forward to that. Um, and finally three notable things, volleyball, uh, their season came to an end. They won in the NCAA tournament first round on Friday over Pepperdine three to one. Uh, before a tough 3-2 loss to number 13 UCLA on Saturday in the second round. They were up 2-1, um, dropped set four, and then couldn't couldn't do it in set five. Yeah. They finished the season 27-7, and 19-1 in the AAC. Really just ex- almost it's an expectation to be back there again next year, especially with the news that McKenna Melville and Amber Olsen are, are returning for their fifth years. It just um, sucks they drew UCLA because they were really yeah. good this year. And they still had a really solid season. I mean, getting, the, getting to the second round of the NCAA tournament and that feeling like a mild disappointment shows how good that program is. Exactly. You know? Exactly. And the fact that they were up 2-1 on UCLA, like they were set away from, from the That upset. was painful. And, I couldn't watch yeah. it and you were live texting me as it was going on. It was just crushing my soul. <laughs> yeah, it was tough. It was a tough one. Um, women's basketball, they had a, a thrilling win uh, last Thursday against Arkansas at home. Diamond Battles had a reverse layup with 8.1 seconds to go. They won 52 to 51. Um, they made a good defensive play, kind of just stifling Arkansas down at the other end of the floor to end the game. They're six and one now. They play at Mercer on Sunday and then at Seton Hall on Tuesday. Uh, and finally, men's basketball, they lost 85 to 68 at number 21 Auburn last Wednesday. That game, I didn't feel like it was that large of a gap. 85-68 seems misleading to me. I didn't get yeah. to watch the game, but from what I was following, it was a close game throughout and Auburn pulled away at the end, but losing the number 21. It, Auburn, I mean, it wasn't it, that score more or less representative of what happened. <laughs> oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, well, I still, I don't think it's going to look terrible. No, it was close for the first half. And then UCF just, I, they, their offense, they just couldn't get anything going. Gotcha. Okay. I, I had, cause every time I checked, it was, it was close. And then all of a sudden I saw late that it was a blowout. So I don't know. I, they got to figure that out. I, they got to figure that out. That, cause that was rough. It's like, it's just, it's frustrating when it's like, you feel like you have a chance to be in the game and you're just, you just can't stay in it, you know? Yeah. But I still think they're, I still think they're going to have a good year. 
Fans were like, back. I saw fans were completely like, time to fire Dawkins. And I'm like, we're not doing this again. No, I saw, I saw people. It was like, oh, it's the same thing every year with UCF basketball. Like, it's just you can never hang with. I'm like, what? Whatever. Leave everybody alone. Let's just stop, <laughs> stop tweeting forever. Uh, they bounced back on Sunday with an 81 to 45 win against Bethune Cookman. They're five and two on the year, and they're back on the court Saturday at home against North Carolina A and T. We will be there. Yeah, we That'll will. Be fun. Excited, excited for that. Very excited. Um, Just as fans, not covering. Correct, correct. So come say hi if you want. Probably don't want to, honestly. Um, <laughs> I'm really not that pleasant of a person. Um, <laughs> I, I look, I look like I hate you, but I swear I do not. Like that's just the way I look. I, that's an all-time quote. I look like I hate you, but I swear I do not. That should be the title of your autobiography. If you ever <laughs> I really don't like. I've been told that I have RBF, and I'm just like, I'm sorry. Like I just, I've been told that a lot I too. Look, so we probably don't look yeah. like the two friendliest people if we're just sitting together grumpily at a game. <laughs> <laughs> but Sarah will be well, with us, and people like Sarah. So yeah, a lot of Packers fans. If you're a Packers fan, come say hi. Yeah, if you're a Packers um, fan, come say hi to uh, social media influencer Sarah. The most, yeah, the, <laughs> yeah, the most Im- uh, important person in Packers social media is sarah keller um, about, she can tweet like go pack go and get like 500 likes i don't i oh, genuinely easily. don't understand it easily all right christian your uniform of the week women's basketball women's basketball which one white one white one again uh i'm just getting so we're at the point where like my only two options are men's or women's basketball sure, yeah and i'm just i'm i'm at the point where i've grown so annoyed with the men's basketball uniforms i'm just in protest of them they're never going to win no matter what they could be the only team playing and i won't give it to them <laughs> Women's are so much better. And that's what bothers me. Like, I don't think I would dislike the men's so much if it weren't for the women's, but I'm just like, you can see that you could be better. Like there is yeah. no reason for you to have this. I don't know if it's a Dawkins thing or what. They just don't have good uniforms. They should. It bothers me. Well, so they're not bad. Told, they're just blocked. I told you, I, I told you I bought a basketball jersey um, before the opener. That's but cool. like, obviously it's just the one they sell. Like they don't sell the nice, like new Knights one or like yeah. the women's team wears. So I have the, I have the black and I like the jersey. Like, I do like the jersey. It's, it's black and has the stack UCF and I like. You got to get rid of the stack the UCF. Side. Stack UCF looks so stupid on a basketball jersey. I, you know what I like? The, I nice. like the swords down the side though, or the like the stripe like the sword yeah, stripe okay. Down the side. And why is it a black sword on a black jersey? You can't yeah, I don't understand that, but you can't freaking see it. Yeah, you but hey, can't. women's basketball is now a three-time winner. The white one has now won twice, and I think in the last three weeks i'm pretty yeah sure. i'm giving it like i said we might have to we may we may temporarily suspend uniform of the week i'll make a judgment until the spring we're, comes around yeah because we're at the point where just men's and women's are playing and women's is just gonna like stack these up like nothing if that's the case so that's true we may temporarily suspend we'll see we will have to discuss that well not really yeah. it's your it's your thing it's if, if you want to if you want to suspend it you can suspend it i will decide by next week you'll just have to let me know if i need to put it on the outline or not because i'll come with something wanna... oh well we gotta do something special for next week because it's our 50th episode we, so. we do we do have to do something special i don't know we're gonna broadcast you... live from shreveport that's gonna be our special don't put that episode. evil on me <laughs> i'm not doing that <laughs> um all right well we'll get out of here um well, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode uh, yeah, like Christian said, we'll be back next week with episode 50. We'll talk about uh, early signing day and we'll talk some more about UCF Florida. Undoubtedly, maybe we'll see some guys opting out for Florida and other news that will come up and be pertinent to our discussion. Uh, until then, you can find us on Twitter at Bailey J Adams 22 at by CA Simmons and at night sports. Now, once again, thank you guys so much for being with us and we'll talk to you next week. Bye everybody.